Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Sask Ag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Hope everyone had a good weekend. Here's what we got going on for today to start the new week. Saskatchewan crop insurance premiums have been mailed out, and we spoke with Kevin Hirsch about them and his thoughts on a new method SCI is using to calculate the premiums. There's a stark contrast with beef and pork prices, and Canada's food professor weighed in on why that is, and BC is doing what it can ahead of a heat wave this week. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Saskatchewan farmers have been receiving their annual crop insurance bills in the mail in recent days. Sask Ag Today's Chief Agricultural Editor Kevin Hirsch is one of them. He farms in the Cabri area of southwest Saskatchewan and says he was surprised by how high his premiums are. Well, everybody saw their premiums in the spring and there was quite a discussion over the new methodology for setting the premiums. But now that the, the bill actually comes and you see it applied to the acres and you sort of remember what your bill was from previous years, those that have had some claims in recent times are, are seeing uh, uh, a bit of sticker shock, all right. Uh, it's a, a pretty large bill. But I guess the, the, the larger question, I think, is uh, some transparency and some understanding as to just how the premiums are being set. He says it's not just farmers suffering from drought that have seen a jump in their premiums. Well, those are the producers that will be impacted the most, certainly. But I, I've also heard from producers in areas of the province not associated with, you know, the, the recent droughts that have also been surprised by their, their premium increase. And you hear lots of producers that compare to their neighbors and say, oh, my neighbor's red lentil premium is half mine, and I think he's had more claims than I've had. But, of course, that's, that's anecdotal evidence. I really believe that uh, crop insurance, rather than the broad strokes of uh, talking about how this is all determined for premiums, they, they need to uh, provide information to each grower on, okay, here's your number of claims, here's the dollars paid out versus the premiums you've paid in, this is how you compare to the others in your risk zone, this is why your premiums are X percent higher or lower than the average for the risk zone. So I think that would be the kind of information that producers need to determine what whether their premium is uh, is fair and how it's being determined. And uh, there's also a question of our risk zones too big. If you start comparing to producers that are that many miles away, might be facing 
very different conditions in recent years. So I, I think that if there was full transparency onto how the claims are calculated and producers understood it better, they'd also be better able to make good suggestions for improvements. You'll never please everyone. Uh, everybody always wants higher coverage and lower premiums, but the, the program does need to be actuarially sound. But the switch away from where producers had a 40 or 50% discount because of their good experience and taking that away and uh, plugging it into a new system uh, has created some angst. And then it's also hard to separate if, if, for instance, crop insurance prices are higher, that increases the premium too, but the premium rate might not necessarily have gone up. So that's factored into the equation as well. Hirsch notes the timing of the arrival of this year's crop insurance bills is no different than previous years. This is the time, about the time the bills always come out. Uh, it's not payable till the end of October, so certainly your producers have some, some grace period uh, to pay them. So it's not a surprise that the, the bills are coming out, but it's reignited the debate about whether the methodology is correct for how premiums are, are calculated for producers. But he admits it's hard for the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation to predict what grain and oilseed prices will be due to the market volatility we've seen over the past few years. Well, that's an interesting thing, too, about crop insurance, is that the prices for this current year were set based on projections back in January. So in many cases, uh, the projections are higher or lower than, than the actual price, uh, but that's another function of the program that uh, creates, a, creates a quirk. So most producers have a, a locked-in price under their crop insurance contract, uh, So uh, and then it's, it's production insurance. If their production of a particular crop falls below the, uh, the percentage that they've chosen of their uh, long-term yield, then uh, they're in a, a claim situation. Hirsch expects the crop insurance agencies in Manitoba and Alberta will keep a close eye on how the new methodology works in Saskatchewan. All of the crop insurance corporations from each province, uh, they're, they're all run under the, the similar business risk management program, but uh, and there's somewhat differences between the provinces, but everyone's always looking over the fence to see what the, the neighbor is doing for how the program is administered. So uh, if Saskatchewan... Uh, can get it right, I would suspect that uh, some of those changes may be adopted in Alberta and Manitoba as well. Kevin Hirsch is the Chief Agricultural Editor for SaskAgToday.com. Back with SaskAg Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch. For Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist, prairieeavestrough.ca. And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. You've likely noticed it at the grocery store and on social media. Beef prices are high, but pork prices are low. Using two products from a Stats Canada chart as examples, the average price for beef top sirloin across Canada was $21.43 per kilogram in June, compared to $18.44 per kilogram in January this year. The average price of pork loin in the country in June was $8.72, 
cheaper than what it was in January of $9.65 per kilogram. So with that in mind, why the contrast? Sylvain Charlebois with Dalhousie University says it comes down to too much supply. The last several months, uh, we've seen poor products uh, sold at a discount in many different places in the country. In fact, uh, if you look at the price of bacon, uh, which is one product that I follow very closely, bacon is actually slightly cheaper than before COVID, if you can imagine. Uh, now, it was already expensive, but uh, prices have actually dropped. I think the only exception are pork ribs, but other than that, uh, prices have actually dropped. Uh, and so pork remains a very affordable protein at the meat counter. Uh, unlike beef, where we have seen uh, increases uh, of up to 10% this year so far, Beef is obviously a premium product, but it's even more expensive now uh, due to droughts uh, in the U.S. and Canada. Futures uh, were up uh, earlier this year, uh, and that typically would uh, tell you that uh, retail prices be impacted. Uh, it, something similar actually happened in 2014 when uh, ranchers actually decided to go to um, the slaughterhouse earlier because feed costs were going up. Uh, so a similar situation actually happened this year. So there's a lot of uh, supply, like you mentioned. Uh, what's the demand like? Uh, demand, I mean, demand for these products obviously are quite robust. Uh, we're in the summertime. People are enjoying uh, their favorite uh, piece of meat, obviously, whether it's on a barbecue or uh, while visiting a restaurant. And so uh, demand for these products are, are remain high, especially for uh, white proteins, uh, pork and, and chicken. Uh, those are two components of the meat trifecta. Beef, of course, uh, consumption per capita has dropped significantly in the last few years. Uh, we are expecting that to continue just because of, of the fact that, the, uh, that beef remains expensive. Could you give me a little bit of a rough estimate as to what the prices are like by comparison? In terms of prices, uh, I'm, uh, I don't really have a list in front of me, but I would say that typically for beef, you would have to, you would expect to pay probably double the price uh, compared to chicken or, or pork uh, at the very least uh, on volume. And so, uh, but if you are looking for stable uh, prices, good deals at the meat counter, I would say that pork and chicken are your, your best bet right now. Do you kind of see this as uh, just a temporary thing in terms of pork prices? And would it, would it eventually, you know, wouldn't say necessarily match beef prices, but, you know, kind of remain competitive, so to speak? Well, beef prices will uh, obviously uh, continue to go up. Uh, I don't think competitiveness is actually uh, a, a factor for beef, to be honest. People enjoy beef, and, and if they are looking at buying beef, they won't necessarily look at price uh, all that much. They may actually look at price once in a while, but most beef lovers, most people who want to eat beef, won't necessarily look at the price. That's Sylvain Charlebois, a food professor with Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. You're listening to Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Now today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Some advocates say expanding the amount of irrigation used in Canada could help farmers weather droughts associated with climate change. 
Irrigation has been used for more than 100 years in semi-arid parts of Alberta. The province has a network of man-made canals and pipelines that transport water to farmers' fields in its driest regions. Now the province and federal government are spending $932 million to modernize and expand some of that irrigation infrastructure. Agriculture Canada predicts the changing climate will mean increased reliance on irrigation in years to come, even in parts of the country that haven't traditionally needed it. But skeptics point out that the heavy use of irrigation can reduce the amount of water available for other purposes and can lead to soil problems such as increased salinity. CN and CPKC Rail each got off to a good start in the new grain year. They supplied a combined 96% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 1, a modest decline from the previous week's 98% order fulfillment performance. The decline in performance reflects improved performance for CN and a slight decline in performance for CPKC. In supplying 99% of hopper cars ordered on time in Week 1, CN improved from the 98% order fulfillment performance seen in Week 52 and continued its run of consecutive weeks above the 90% performance threshold, having now achieved that mark for five consecutive weeks. CPKC order fulfillment performance declined slightly, with the railway supplying 95% of cars ordered as compared to 99% order fulfillment performance in week 52. Despite the minor step back, CPKC also continues its impressive run of now 17 straight weeks with order fulfillment performance above the 90% threshold. The USDA has reported private export sales of 416,000 metric tons of soybeans to unknown destinations for delivery during the 2023-24 marketing year. The marketing year for soybeans begins September 1st. The USDA issues both daily and weekly export sales to the public. U.S. exporters are required to report to USDA any export sales activity of 100,000 metric tons or more of one commodity made in one day. Sales totaling 200,000 tons or more in any reporting period, except soybean oil, made in one day to one destination, must be reported by 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the next business day. Export sales of less than these quantities must be reported to the USDA on a weekly basis. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is required by law to publicly release summary sales data obtained from U.S. exporters of many agricultural commodities. Saputo has pushed back the target date to reach its earnings forecast amid flagging consumer demand for milk products across the globe. In first-quarter financial results released after markets closed Thursday, the dairy giant said it no longer expects to achieve its annual goal of $2.13 billion in earnings before interest, taxation, depreciation and amortization by March of 2025. Saputo's revenues fell 2.8% year-over-year to $4.2 billion in the quarter ended June 30th, Net income totaled $141 million, up from $139 million a year earlier. Adjusted diluted earnings per share were $0.36, cents, beating analyst expectations of $0.34 cents per share, according to financial markets data firm Refinitiv. 
G3 is presenting this year's Bee Grain Safe Week in partnership with the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association, or CASA. G3 has supported CASA's Bee Grain Safe program since 2016. Today, G3 is a safety champion and top sponsor of the initiative that raises awareness among farm families and workers of the risks of grain entrapment and trains rural first responders in how to rescue a person trapped in grain. G3 has funded training for hundreds of professional and volunteer firefighters and purchased specialized grain rescue equipment for dozens of rural fire departments in the prairies, Ontario and Quebec. Be Grain Safe Week, set to run this year from August 14th to August 20th, boosts the visibility of the program even further, and G3 is this year's presenting sponsor. The Bee Grain Safe program is an initiative of the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, a partly cloudy sky with winds from the west at 20 kilometers an hour, high of 30 degrees. Tonight's clearing up, a west wind at 20 kilometers an hour, then becoming lighter than that, and a low of 11. Tomorrow, mainly sunny with some local smoke, high of 30 degrees with the Humidex 31. Then tomorrow night, cloudy and a 40% chance of showers, low of 10 degrees. Wednesday, sunny and windy, high of 24, a low of 9. Thursday, sunny, high of 28, the low 16. Friday, increasing cloudiness, high of 26, a low of 12. Saturday, partly cloudy, high of 24, the low 13. And Sunday, partly cloudy, high of 26 degrees. Normal highs around this period are at 25, normal lows 10. Sun rose at 545 this morning. Sun will set at 820 tonight. Taking a look around the province, in Estevan and Yorkton, 27. Swift Current and Saskatoon, 30. And Weyburn is at 29. Hotspot in Saskatchewan is in Moose Jaw at 30.7 degrees. Cool spot in Collins Bay at 12.8 degrees. In Regina, mostly cloudy sky. Winds from the west at 20. Humidity 36%. Temperature 27 degrees or 80 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 101.9 and falling. In Moose Jaw, mostly cloudy as well. West wind at 21 to 33 kilometers an hour. Temperature 31 degrees. Once again in Regina, mostly cloudy, west wind at 20, temperature 27 degrees. Back in a moment. Saskatchewan's leading farm and ranch real estate brokerage is Shepherd Realty in Regina. Shepherd Realty has just listed for sale six quarters of excellent producing heavy clay soil close to Regina and seven quarters of farmland in the Bengoff area. To learn more about these listings, or if you're considering selling your farm or ranch property, Get the ball rolling by contacting the team at Shepherd Realty. Call 352-1866, shepherdrealty.ca. You're tuned to SaskAg Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
This portion of SaskAg Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com For forage growers, Canada thistle is one of their worst enemies. It causes an estimated $7.5 billion in lost revenue annually to the Canadian agricultural and forestry industries. Canada thistle is especially damaging in drought years. To find out more about the weed and how to best control it, here's Mark Verslies, Specialties Business Leader with Corteva AgriScience. I would say Canada thistle is the number one invasive weed. Uh, definitely in Western Canada, and it's it's moving its way across the country here. So, Verslies says Canada thistle can spread very quickly due to the fact that it doesn't just reproduce via seed; it reproduces via nodes in the root system as well. And so, um, you've got one little plant that pops up, and it's usually indicative of a, a substantially larger problem with a large biomass under the ground. And so, its its ability to spread is is unbelievable. If unchecked, Canada thistle will rob forage yield and producer profitability. It's like a lot of other weeds where uh, it's stealing the moisture and the nutrients uh, for the crop that it surrounds and so, or that surrounds it. Um, and in this case, which would be forage, so that the, the native and tame grasses that are in the pasture. Verslies says with proper management practices, producers can significantly impact the establishment, growth and spread of Canada thistle. It can be controlled, absolutely it can, um, but because it, it spreads so quickly and, and the largest part of the, the plant system is underground and people don't see it, that uh, sometimes you, you think that you've got the problem in hand and you really don't. Verslies says if you have a situation where Canada thistle has become pervasive on pasture land, best control option is a herbicide. We have a portfolio of herbicides that you can use to control it. All of our three majors will will get it, uh, depending on the time of year um, and also the pervasiveness of the plant. And so uh, what you want to do is is to use the herbicide when the plant is actively growing. Um, So for Canada, but you want to make sure, again, do that massive root system underneath um, that you've got the majority of plants that are going to emerge that year or have emerged that year enter in that actively growing stage. Uh, Usually for this area of the world, um, we're thinking second half of uh, July into the end of July is a really good time to do that. The plants, like I say, are actively growing and most of them have already uh, emerged. Um, But you want to make sure that you're not into the bud or even pre-bud stage on the plant because once it starts thinking about reproduction, that's its focus and you no longer get the good translocation through the plant that you would when it's not. You can then go after fluff as well uh, and get really good control on it. And if you want to wait until later in the year, if everything was just perfect and you hold your tongue just right, um, if you've got a really good frost the night before, any time after that within three to four days when the plant realizes that, oh my goodness, winter is coming and they start running all of the resources down to the root zone, it's an opportunity to get that big biomass as well. Verslies stresses, though, that a herbicide application isn't a silver bullet. It would be part of your integrated pasture management program. It's a really great place to start, um, and it'll get your field in a position to be successful down the road as you utilize other uh, strong management practices like uh, rotational grazing and, and that sort of thing, regenerative ag, the whole new catchphrase for what's going on this year. So it, it's not a one and done, It's, it's but it is a very important part of the solution.
Mark Verslies is a specialties business leader with Corteva AgriScience. You're listening to SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Brian Young. This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com BC is anticipating a heat event this week that will raise temperatures to the high 30s. It will increase forest fire risk, possibly meaning trucking water to a few communities as well as impacting the amount of water available for agricultural irrigation. 22 of 34 BC's water basins are in the top two categories for having likely adverse effects. We are aware that they are dealing with some infrastructure limitations as the stream flows have decreased. Not just Noble Creek, but many works across the province are now being exposed. So those intakes are now out of the water that are normally in the water. And so not only is Noble Creek dealing with this, but we are seeing an increase in works be exposed as those stream flows reach the lowest flows on records. And so we will likely see more of this as we continue with the current drought season. BC agricultural irrigators are being urged to monitor and manage water withdrawals. Back in a moment. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly up in early trading today. Canola is up two dollars and eighty cents at seven seventeen twelve. Lentils is up fifteen dollars to seven fifty nine fifty a metric ton. And number one red spring wheat is down four dollars and forty-one cents to three forty-two seventeen, and the rest were unchanged. Durham at five hundred five twenty-three, feed barley three ten sixty-one, chickpeas ten thirty-six seventeen, flax five sixty-one fifty-four, oats two sixty-two thirty-two, yellow peas three sixty-five eighty-nine, and feed wheat two seventy ninety-seven. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for September is down ten and a half cents to eight dollars and four and a half cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at eight four two forty five seventy four. Now here are the latest livestock quotes. Hartman Livestock Market Report. It's Brett Jensen reporting from Swift Current Yards. Uh, our total numbers for the week was 1,358 head, and here's how it went. The good cows they traded from a buck 35 to a dollar 50, with sales up to 166. The medium cows they were 90 to a dollar 20. Heifers and feeding cows 160 to 220. Good bulls they were 150 to 175. In our pre-sorted internet sale last Thursday, the steers five weight steers were 293 to 346. Six weight steers they were three. 329 to 365. The seven weight steers, they were 315 to 346. The eight weights were 281 to 327. We did have a set of 929 weight steers there bringing 315.75. Getting into the heifer trade, five weight heifers, they were 316 to 339. Six weight heifers, they were 286 to 327. The seven weights were 284 to 309. Eight weight heifers, they were 256 to 297. Folks, our fall schedule is out. If you need cattle to be marketed, give us a call at 773-3174. Canada source for quality, Heartland Livestock in Swift Current. And now here are the latest pork prices. This is Bill Alford with the Hams Market Commentary for Monday, August 14th. 
Ham sold 7,800 hogs Friday, selling a range of 245 to 261 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 8,200 head, selling a range of 244 to 258 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar is down 19 basis points, with the daily exchange at 1.3443. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74.34 cents US. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed to start marketing week 33, but it appears that a seasonal trend may be starting to surface. While up $0.04 cents relative to Friday, the negotiated Western Carmel daily value is still $3.16 lower than last week's benchmark, and if the trend remains in place for this week, it will mark the third week in a roll of pressure. National farmers are also biasing lower, with the traditional variant down $0.94 cents on the day and $1.67 lower so far this week. The weekly value of the pork cutout fell $2.76 for the first time since a one-off down week in late May, but a general upward trend since April. Lean hog futures are pricing in that seasonality and are even a little on the pessimistic side today, with all contracts lower through mid-trade. Futures are reflecting a more or less normal outlook despite the uncertainty, but that is a hallmark of the futures. If there is uncertainty, the tone is generally one of risk-off. Coming up next, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Sask Power has been without 10% of its generating capacity over the last two months. The Poplar River coal-fired power station near Conorac has been offline since the beginning of June. Sask Power says around June 2nd, there was heavy rain in the area that caused a breach in an earth berm reservoir upstream. Sask Power is hoping it will be back up and running in the next couple of weeks. Poplar River has a power generation capacity of 582 megawatts, which is more than a third of Sask Power's conventional coal generation capacity and about 10% of its total generating capacity. Russia's currency has hit its lowest level since the start of the war in Ukraine. The currency passed 101 rubles to the U.S. dollar this morning, continuing a more than 25% decline in its value since the start of 2023. This comes as Western sanctions continue to weigh on energy exports and weaken demand for Russia's currency. Russian President Vladimir Putin's economic advisor says loose monetary policy is to blame for the weak ruble, but that the country's central bank has all of the tools needed to stabilize the situation. On the markets, the TSX is down 95 points at 20,312. The Dow is up 7 points to 35,289. Oil is down 72 cents at $82.47 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 74.30 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Saskag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for another edition of Saskag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.